welcome back, DGI Multiverse. This is DGI Mark. This is issue number 42 of the Dad's Got Issues podcast. Uh, we are going to be treating you to a hot off the press edition today. Um, we are, apologize for our sporadic release schedule, but sometimes life happens. Uh, Charlie is coming in remote, um, and we have a slate full of DC Future State talk today. Uh, we were going to give you some other books mixed in here or there, but we have about three weeks worth of books we haven't really dove too deeply into, and we think at this point it's fleshed out enough um, that we, you know, we can kind of have a conversation about DC and their multiverse and where it is heading, so to speak. Uh, so, what's your what, what's your favorite book so far, Charlie? Um. So I I I would I liked uh, both Dark Detective and um, Green Lantern, but not all of Green Lantern. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I enjoyed the Jessica Cruz story. <laughs> um, the the John Stewart one was just kind of like just one big action sequence, and we'll, I guess we'll get to it. Well, uh, well, I, well, why don't we talk? Why don't we just dive into that one? Because I think okay. I think you. I think you, you know, we, we obviously haven't really talked much about future state amongst ourselves. You know, we've, you know, Hey, this book's decent. Hey, let's try to talk about this on the show, but nothing like too, too in depth. So it, it actually makes me, you know, makes me chuckle a little bit to hear that you say that, you know, you enjoyed the green Lantern Cause I did, I enjoyed the green Lantern book too, because it's not Morrison. Um, it's not his green lantern. So it's, it's back to what we are accustomed to and what we probably expect out of a green lantern book. But like you said, I didn't enjoy the whole book. I only, I personally, not being as big of a Green Lantern fan as you are, I really only enjoyed the Jessica Cruz part. But I'm a big Jessica Cruz supporter. I've always been, since we've started the show and we've talked to any Green Lantern, I've always said she, she is slowly but surely becoming my favorite Green Lantern out of all of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, um, so what's your, so what's your thoughts? So let's, let's hear about, let's hear your, so I guess we'll, we'll, we'll run it down, uh, from, uh, we'll, we'll go, we'll kind of go three, one, two, we'll, we'll, we'll do it that way because in the green, for those of you listening, you haven't read green lantern, it's three, uh, three stories in, in one, um, which is kind of the, 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 just for all the future mm-hmm. state books, there's multiple stories, but, uh, for, for the green lantern book, it is all green lantern. It's not, you know, somebody else. So, uh, the Guy Gardner story, uh, I don't have much to say about it other than it's a Guy Gardner story, and I don't care about Guy Gardner. Um, I don't mind it. I don't mind it for the simple fact that Lobo was introduced at the end. Clearly, Guy is Guy. Guy has no idea that Oa has ceased to exist, and that's why his, his power ring is useless, basically. Um and then obviously at the end, you know, the whole purpose of, of the guy story, I guess, is to introduce Lobo in the future state, I would assume. Um, but yeah. like I said, it is one of those things, it, but it, it's funny that like somebody would come, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll dive in. So, so if we're going to go three, two, like stories that are you, are you, are you, are you saying three being the best or one being the best? Uh, so, uh, two, no, so three, one, two. So, uh, from from worst to, to best. Uh, so uh, Guy Gardner was the weakest of the three stories. The John Stewart. So that was so the John Stewart arc uh, 
is the first story in the book. Yes. And, and um, I don't feel like that should be the lead story, but uh, it was, it was fine. It was just one big action sequence after another, you know, nobody's yeah. got ring. Uh, they're just, they're just fighting. John's rocking some crazy hairstyle uh, and some sort of energy sword. Yeah. I, I don't, I, they they don't really explain anything in the John Stewart. So if you're reading Green Lantern, or if you read Justice League Odyssey or whatever, like you kind of understand Jessica Cruz's story, and you understand that she was on the outer rims of the multiverse when the the Death Metals events occurred. So she is on a outpost in her story where her ring is no longer working, but obviously she can breathe and, and she's basically just, you know, she's converted this, this, this green lantern outpost, so to speak, into basically like a homing beacon and a communication beacon. Cause she's trying to get help to either come and save her or rescue, you know, or find her or whatever. She's trying to get in contact with other lanterns. The John Stewart story, like Charlie's talking about, it is one giant action sequence. It's a, it's a literal battle from first panel to last panel. And there's really no substance to it. Like, yeah, there's, there's no context at all. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and we understand that this is set in a distant future, this portion at least, because like John, you know, like, we, like Charlie said, John's got hair. Like, you know, John Stewart rarely has hair, but when he does, it doesn't look as long as it is here. He doesn't have his ring, but he's back to like more of a paramilitary style hero where you know we know john stewart has a military background he's kind of leading troops and he keep you know obviously you know the core and all the other stuff but like they make it out that that the people that are fighting alongside john stewart are former green lanterns themselves but they don't explain how they got to the planet that they're at they don't explain why they're fighting the bad guys that they're fighting like there's just no there's no substance to the story, and like Charlie said, with it being the main arc in the Green Lantern Rebirth series, it's definitely not the strongest story in the book, in my opinion. Yeah, um, which leads us to the Jessica Cruz yes arc, uh, which for me was was the best story. Well, oh, so well actually, let me go back real quick. Um, art wise, three different art styles for each story arc. Um, and, uh, the art for the Guy Gardner story was a little too cartoony for me. Yeah. Uh, whereas the John Stewart, uh, art was, it was fine, but it, it still wasn't, um, for, for, for what that story was, like you would expect the art to be a little bit more grittier. Uh, I, I, I use the, I guess the best word that I can use to describe it. And in, instead it felt a little, um, just a little too soft. Yeah. Uh, I agree. For, for, for the, for the story that they're trying to tell, you know, uh, lots of rounded at, you know, rounded things. Um, not that hard, uh, hard line. I, 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 you, I think you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, um, I know. Yeah. Whereas with the Jessica Cruz, um, the art matched the tone of the story that was being told. Yeah. Uh, and I, and it, uh, to me it was the, so everything about the Jessica Cruz story, that was, that was my, that was my favorite part of the whole book. And, uh, like you were mentioning, like yep, no ring cut off from the rest of the world uh, or rest of the, the, the universe, you know, out there in sector, uh, 123, all on her lonesome. And here come three Sinestro core, um, 
Well, two uh, two enforcers, yeah, and then Lissa Dart, uh, Lissa Drax, sorry, who uh, is the keeper of the book of the Parala- uh, parallax. Right. Um. So, so this is a big. This is a big bad. This isn't a like, you know, like another. Like it's not like Sinestro Corps is just kind of scanning the the multiverse, and they find this outpost or whatever. Like it's, it's a legitimate, almost like a general of the the Sinestro army or Sinestro right. Corp. And two two heavy hitter enforcers, and it's Jessica Cruz, powerless to a sense, no 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 real superpower to defend this outpost by herself. Right, and uh, she kicks ass. Yeah, like, she does. With, and, and without a ring, and um, my favorite part through all this, right as as she's taking so as she takes out the two enforcers and everything, she goes up against uh, Lissa and. Uh, they have a, a, a pretty good battle, you know. Yeah. It was it was short, but it was still uh, you know good good enough, right? And uh, when she's t- done, the yellow lantern ring is like you have the ability to instill fear in people. Yeah. Welcome to the Sinestro Court. Yeah. You know? and, and now she actually has a power ring again. Yeah. That worked. And and she actually is able to you know so para para um so. Drac is really the only one that's supposed to be able to pick up the Yellow Lantern that she has brought to try and basically reboot this outpost into a Sinestro Corps outpost or station, essentially. But Jessica Cruz manages to not only beat her in, you know, hand-to-hand combat using an atomic axe, but she, you know, in the midst of the battle, she takes the lantern off of... You know, you know, she takes the lantern off of this this podium, essentially. That you know, and Drax literally says, you know, you shouldn't be able to hold it, you know, when it's the battery's trying to integrate with the core. But she had the two rings from the other Sinestro Corps members that she had already defeated around her neck with her Green Lantern Corps ring. So. Essentially, the the lantern recognized her, and like Charlie said, it you know it says, "Welcome, you know, you you have the ability to instill great fear." So you know, where Jessica Cruz did, might not have the ability to be a Green Lantern, she can now at least have powers. Whether you know, but it'll be interesting to see the paradox that forms now. Well. Here's the here's the other thing, you know, think back to Jessica Cruz's inception and mm-hmm. we've seen her go from this weak, you know, I, I feel like weak character to she she has the ability to wield a, a yellow lantern ring. And if you're if you're a fan of the, the, the lantern, you know, universe and and, and the, the things behind like the meanings behind all the rings, like that's a big deal for her to be able to to use a, a yellow lantern ring. Yeah. So yeah. So like like we said, it's the best story of the three. Um, we'll, we'll we'll dive into Gardner a little bit. So so the Guy Gardner story takes place closer to the events. A death metal guy was on the outskirts as well, like you know, kind of away from Earth during the midst of the death metal finale. Um, and when the you know oh well, kind of goes dark. He's unaware of the situation. The ring doesn't have the ability because he's too far away to really communicate with Oa. Um, he's basically trying to bar, you know, bargain peace between a feuding society on a distant planet. 
And in the midst of all of that, he, you know, um, he loses his power. It comes crashing down to their planet. Um, and they basically make, they believe he's a prophet of the Lord or of their, their savior, whoever. And he basically, you know, brokers peace over, it's almost a 25 year, 30 year period of time, I believe in the book. And he, you know, he, he sets ground rules and he tells them that they need to cooperate with one another. Basically he, he makes a society that I think all of us would strive and love to achieve. And like, you know, he, you know, when somebody tries to speak out against him, they like string the person up and they're like, he's like, no, we can't do this. Just because people have a different opinion or don't believe in what I believe in doesn't mean we, you know, we hurt them or we do things to them. And then obviously, you know, down the line, it gets to the point to where we're at the finale of it or at the, you know, the final couple panels. And then there's like a, a, not a revolt, but there's people in the crowd. They're like, he's a false prophet. He's not real. He's not. And like, mind you, they're, they're basically celebrating like just, just, you know, bliss, essentially. Society is at a point where like it's civilized, like they have structure, they have, you know, you know, food, they have, you know, wealth, like there's nothing wrong in society. Like nobody is suffering. They're all treating each other equally. And of course, it, it, it's, it's, it's very, you know, it's very, I don't want to say symmetrical. It's very um, synonymous with our society. Like shit could be perfect. No war, no famine, no, no and somebody would find a reason to complain about something. Right. It, it's just, the, the I'd say human nature, but they're not human, right? Yes. Um, it, it's, it's just kind of like, it is, it's a reflection of what we are as a society. And, and that, I guess if there's anything positive to take away from the book, it's like, yeah, I mean, they are calling us out for what it, what, what we are. Right. But there's, the thing is like, there's never going to be a utopian society. Like it's no. not possible. And and that's what I think that story is going to to tell us is like as much as you try, it will never ever happen. Yeah. So and so at the end of it, basically, as he's being called out, you know, he was a prophet because he fell from the sky, and he settled their differences essentially. Um, but in the midst of all this arguing and shit between all of them, come down comes Lobo. And Lobo comes from the sky and he's like, profit. I mean, I'm all about profit, like talking, you know, about might making money. Right. But he's like, you know, he sees Guy Gardner, and, you know, he's like, you know, it sets up the, the next installment of that, that story. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, I think we get, let me pull it out real quick and look. Yeah, we get two Green Lantern books in future state. So the next one will probably finish up that guy Garner story, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I, overall I enjoy, I enjoyed even the weakest story in that book. I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed Grant Morrison's green lantern. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, I mean, I think that's, I think it's a fair assessment of the green lantern book. Yeah. Um, but, um, so We'll move on from Green Lantern. Um, like I said, we're going to, this is all DC Future State. So we're going to jump right into, um, I guess I'll say my favorite that I read was Dark Detective. Not a, really a surprise that a Bruce Wayne led Batman book would right. be my favorite. Um, well, I, was, I, I would say that that was my second favorite book uh, yeah. out of everything that we read. Um, I enjoyed, so I might have, 
I might have jumped a gun. I should have probably looked at the 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 list in the back of the book because I kind of lumped all my my future state together and have been reading them like just trying to bang them all out because I've gotten every every issue of future state that's come out I've gotten to this point and I probably at this point will probably get them all I don't know if I'm going to get the 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 Supergirl and Catwoman series but I think there's only two books in the series total for both of them so I may end up just getting them since I already got the one but I think Justice League could have been better than Dark Detective for me if I didn't read the Superman book of Metropolis, the Jonathan Kent story beforehand. Um, and that's one of my least favorite books in the entire series of future state is that Superman book. And it's just, it's very convoluted. It, it has like, like, but I'm going to get, when we get to the end, I'm going to talk about my biggest gripe and I'm not going to dive into too much negativity at the start of the, this, this issue, but I will talk at the end, my biggest problem I have with, future state at the moment. Um, but let's talk dark detective since it is a high point. Um, so dark detective finds Bruce Wayne presumed dead. Same thing with Batman presumed dead. Um, and the art in it is great. Um, like Charlie said, art matters when you're reading a comic. We've said this before in, in these hot off the press issues, the art's great. It's a gritty, like, I don't, it's a very gritty, dark Batman you know, for, for, for what it needs to be, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's underground. He's not, he's not pomp and circumstance anymore. He doesn't have all the bells, whistles, and toys, but he is perceived to be dead. You know what I mean? Nobody knows that Bruce Wayne is still alive. Nobody knows that Batman technically is still alive because the magistrate has come out and said that they killed Batman, um, that they have neutralized the threat to, to Gotham and its citizens, essentially. Um, but we see Bruce being chased down by the magistrate, getting shot using the last little bit of money that he has in it on his person to basically go to crime alley and pay a, a butchered surgeon to sew him back up and make him feel better. Um, and then obviously Bruce is in the crowd, um, doing his thing. Um, and he realizes that like, you know, he's, you know, kind of, you know, he's kind of out of luck. He ends up stumbling upon somebody getting, um, getting mugged and he starts, you know, doing what Bruce does, intervening and beating the crap out of the bad guys. And in the midst of all that, the magistrate once again pulls up on them and, you know, tells them to, you know, stop what he's doing, blah, blah, blah. Well, in the, in the midst of running away, you know, Bruce just says, F it. You know, and he throws on his bat, his cow, rips off his street clothes, and he's like, you know what? It's better to be Batman than to be Bruce Wayne at the moment. Um, and he ends up getting away. You have some great splash pages. I mean, I'm I'm looking through it as I'm talking about it. Um, from the artist, which I don't want to mess up who it is. I'm sure it's at the end. But yeah, I mean, art's great, story was great, and then obviously the magistrate, and this is another thing, it's not um it's not revealed in Dark Detective, spoiler if you haven't read Robin Internal, but Jason Todd is working for the magistrate. So I read Robin Internal before um, I read The Dark Detective. I'm almost 100% positive that the person that, you know, the, 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 the magistrate soldier or O1 or whoever, the, the guy in charge uh, is Jason. One. Peacekeeper 1. Yeah, is Jason Todd. Yeah. 
um, because he ends up showing uh, he doesn't end up showing mercy at the at the, in one of the last couple pages because they've put out there the Batman's dead. They now have it on camera that Batman is not dead. You know what I mean? Like they know that Batman's not dead. So instead of authorizing the kill or authorizing these drones to go after Bruce Moore, he basically he calls him back. And like Bruce is under the impression like he got away and that everything's good. Well, in all reality, it's really not. He they just kind of let him, you know what I mean? They let him go. Um, and that's like I said, reading Robin Eternal, now knowing that Jason works for the magistrate, seeing the emphasis that they're putting on peacekeeper or is it peacekeeper or peacemaker? Uh peace peacekeeper. Peacekeeper right? one. The, peacemaker the, is uh is the John Cena character from Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, like I said, that's, you know, it's a great story. It's a great story that continues the ideas in the next Batman, which continued the ideas from, like, Detective in Batman's current run. You know what I mean? Like, we understand that in, det- in Detective Comics before Future State, the the gentleman that's running for the mayorship, the guy that that's missing his eye and was you know, basically he's 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 very no vigilante. He's the one that employs the magistrate. He's the one that brought them in to get rid of the masked vigilantes once he became mayor. So we understand that like this isn't a not so distant future. You know what I mean? Like we know in Batman, Bruce has lost his fortune. We know in Detective that there's this. There's this mayoral candidate who wants to get rid of masked vigilantes and make it harder for them to do what they're doing within the city. So this story actually kind of, like, if you just went and picked it up, if you're reading the other books, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Um, but you also yeah, get I, you also get a grifter story, too, at the end, um, which was pretty... Yeah, I, I, I didn't get, I didn't read it, um... For the sake of time, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not bad. They introduce Huntress. Um, they introduce uh, Luke Fox. So this kind of explains why Luke Fox didn't take up the mantle of Batman um, as well. Not in depth. It just says that you know he got out of the vigilante life because obviously his family came into Bruce Wayne's fortune, and he can just run a company now. He doesn't have. He can make a difference other ways than putting a cow on. But he ends up getting you know a locked up alongside grifter and they end up escaping together and so on and so forth. And then it leads to them interacting with Huntress. So there's, you know, there's, there's some benefit to the, to the, the grifter story. And obviously that'll continue in dark detective, but dark detective story in and of itself, at least makes the book worth picking up um, and reading. Cause like I said, if you're reading Batman and detective prior to future state, dark detective is your probably most, most similar run, I think, in Future State. Because I don't think I don't think the next Batman is anything like what we're reading in Batman or Detective currently. No, not at all. Um so what are your thoughts? Let's hear for for Dark Detective. Yeah. Uh so uh, again I'll 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 second you on the, the art thing. Uh loved it from from every panel. Uh, in there, like there wasn't a, there wasn't anything to, to complain about or, or call out. Um, story-wise, uh, I enjoyed it. Right, it was, um, 
it was what you would want for like, all right, we're into the future, but not too far into the future. And uh, we're, we're, we're actually getting some contact, right. Which is not what we gotten from everything else. So uh, all in all, like I've, I've enjoyed it. It was, it's been good. uh, And I'm looking forward to seeing where, where it goes. Yeah. Um, And and like, like Charlie said, it, it gives context. It gives you some idea of what's going on in the world where some of these books aren't like, you know, uh, so, so we've given you a couple of books we've enjoyed. And like I said, I wasn't a fan of Superman, the, you know, the Superman and Metrop, the Jonathan Kent Superman book. I don't even know what the title is, but, um, wasn't a fan of that. Wasn't a fan of the flash book. And, and I've been super complimentary of flash in the past because I thought it was such a strong series. Um, Superman and Metropolis number one is the Jonathan Kent. Um, I wasn't a fan of neither of those books because they don't give you any context of like where it tells you like in the distant future or even sometimes it'll give you a time period of like 30 years, 300 years, whatever in the future. Right. And that's fine. That's cool. But like the Jonathan Kent story, like we're already in like a metropolis where bad guys have taken out Lex Luthor and replaced him as like the big bad and then cybernetically created like, or or cybernetically enhanced half of the metropolis population with like cybernetic limbs and eyes and legs and organs and all this other stuff that they can now can control. And like, that's obviously a problem. So the U S military comes in to deal with the company, the company turns the citizens against the military and, you know, and then obviously Jonathan Kent has to draw a line in the sand. Does he protect the people in Metropolis from the military who's going to essentially kill them or push them off, the, decimate them off the face of the earth? Or does he deal with, you know, the the bad guy, so to speak, who's controlling the population? But they don't tell you how we got here, like at all. And I get it. Like, maybe that's the idea. They're giving you this preview. So now I want to go and read Superman when it comes back in March with Infinite Frontier. And I'm just going to buy in and read Superman all the way through to get us to where we are. They don't tell you in that book where Superman is. He's just fucking vanished. He's disappeared. Because we know he survives death metal. We know that, like, the universe kind of reboots itself. But there's no explanation. The only character that disappeared as a result of death metal was Wonder Woman. Right. And everybody in all the Wonder Woman books I've read to this point, the Wonder Woman um, book and then the immortal Wonder Woman book, which also has the Nebula story in it. The Nebula story and the Wonder Woman book here both have they have an understanding that Diana is gone because she sacrificed herself. But in the Superman book, it's like nobody has a fucking clue where the, the strongest and most important superhero in the world has went. Well, and it, yeah, and, and that kind of ties into, um, I think maybe it ties into Justice League. A little bit, yeah. But, but, but see, that's the thing, though. Justice League, it's completely fucking different. Like, Jonathan Kent is almost hated by people in Metropolis in the military in the Superman book. And then we get the Justice League book the next week. And it's like none of this shit is even occurring. Like, he didn't shrink. So, I don't know. Did you read Superman on Metropolis? No. He shr- he literally fucking shrinks Metropolis. He takes it out of the earth, 
pull like you know city of Kandor style shrinks it down because he doesn't know how to fix the problem at the moment so he shrinks it down and then the the bad guy it it they, they call it the the brain cell the brain cell steals metropolis and the US military is now against um Jonathan Kent because he he stole US city and like it it's just it it doesn't make sense to me and it like Nothing about it makes sense to me. And when I go to read Justice League, which I enjoyed, I enjoyed thoroughly. It made all the heroes look good. They don't even touch on that. So I'm assuming Justice League has to take place before the events of Superman of Metropolis. But if that's the case, put that book out first. Introduce me to Jonathan Kent and the new Wonder Woman and... You know, the new Batman and the new Flash and the new Aqua Woman. And then, you know, what's her name? The the Green Lantern. Like, introduce me to those characters first and then tell me their individual stories of their future or past or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's frustrating. It, it, it's very frustrating to read that because I was actually looking for, I like Jonathan Kent a lot. They've done a, they did a really good job in Rebirth and making him a strong independent character. But nothing about him as Superman is making me enjoy his him being Superman. And they pit him versus Kara, too, in the first issue. She comes to aid the U.S. military. The brain cell has some metal that makes Kryptonians act strange or act aggressive. It, it, it's a whole lot compacted into a very small story. Um, and like I said, I just wasn't a fan of it, personally. Um, but... That allows us to segue into Justice League because you brought it up. I enjoy Justice League. Um, I actually enjoyed the Justice League Dark story in the back as well. Um, anything that reintroduces Dr. Fate in the comic books, I'm all for. Um, but the Justice League book was good. It introduced a new team of big bads. Um, it kind of showed where the current state of the DC universe is at this time period. You know, it, it put you know, Superman, it put Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Flash, Aqua Woman, and Batman into a positive light, in my opinion. And I thought it was good. I like the art. I think the art's pretty good. It's actually interesting to see, though, we're distant enough in the future that the Magistrate must not exist anymore. And you want to know why I believe that? Because Tim Fox doesn't have a cover on his face. You can see his mouth. Yeah. Um, well, and the, and the suit is different. Yeah, the suits. Like, yeah, the suits very different. But which isn't a bad thing. I actually kind of. I think the suit looks. I mean, of all the changes we've seen to a bad suit, this is probably the least abrasive, in my opinion. And it looks good. I mean, the black and it's like a like a metallic yellow for the belt and the symbol. Yeah. Future, very futuristic, smaller cape. Um, at least for you know. I guess for splash page purposes, but yeah, it looks good. You know what it kind of reminds me of? Black Panther. A little bit. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the but story? I, yeah, I mean, the story was good. Um, you know, I uh, you're so what they're introducing, you know, all these rules and everything because the the real Justice League, uh, or well, the, the Justice League that everybody knows. Uh, was taken out. Like, so they did give us a little tiny bit of a backstory. Um, I do think it's funny, though, that uh, 
they keep referring to the former Justice League as Superman's team, uh, and you know, not a team of of people. You know, like yeah. that, that came together as a common thing. Like there wasn't a single leader. It was, but they they just keep saying, you know, this isn't your dad's team. This isn't your dad's team. And it's like to Jonathan, and it's like, well, but his team wasn't even his team, right? Like they were all together as equal yeah. for the most part. Uh, but um, the story was good. Uh, here's the only thing that I I really don't like is the. Uh, the the villain like the villains that they've they've introduced uh feel like um i'm trying to think of like a, a good example well they introduced they, the, they, they just feel like they just like made them up they're like hey let's let's just um make some weird looking people and these are going to be these are going to be the villains now like there isn't any again i think the word of the day is context yeah so um, so they actually do in my opinion at the beginning they introduce the legion of doom which all the characters have a, they have a purpose. You know what I mean? They introduce uh, Despera, who is Wonder Woman's like opposition. They introduce Amazax, which is Amazo, just, I guess, probably a newer version. And he obviously, you know, he, he fights Superman. We know Amazo is a Superman bad guy. Um, Cobalt Blue, um, I'm assuming is a, is a version of Captain Cold. It's supposed to be because he, you know, I don't know. Could be whatever. Um, that's a flash bad guy. The Screech Owl, which is clearly a Court of Owls bad guy, matches Batman. The Ultraviolet Lantern, obviously the opposite of Green Lantern. And then they have uh, the Flood, who is obviously Aquaman, one of Aquaman's adversaries. Um, they introduce them within the first couple of pages, and this is kind of like the new Legion of Doom, so to speak, right? That's what they're they're billing themselves as. Um, and um, the thing is, they last about three pages, and then it's it introduces the story of the new Justice League returning to the Hall of Justice, where these villains are now found basically decimated and dead, and. In the midst of that story, you know, we find out that, you know, this, the, they can't figure out who killed them, right? And then, you know, slowly but surely, they, the, the League, you know, dissipates as Green Lantern is doing her investigation. And as the League, you know, goes to their different sectors and corners of the planet, of the world... You know, they're having conversations amongst themselves. Like Wonder Woman invites Jonathan to Kent to have a, you know, have a hot dog and have a conversation. And they basically say, you know, they're already breaking rules just doing what they're doing. Because they're not supposed to be fraternizing. They're not supposed to know who each other is. Like when the world needs them, they come together, they fight, and then they go their separate ways. Um, and, you know, Jonathan raises concern because that's not what the Justice League is supposed to be or was or what his father and the founders, you know, envisioned it to be. And basically Wonder Woman reminds him, well, if, the, if it was what they wanted it to be, they would still be here being it. You know what I mean? We have to learn from their mistakes kind of thing. Um, but then we find out, you know, very quickly that nobody's following the rules because f the new Flash and Aquawoman appear to have a relationship, whether 
as close friends or as lovers or whatever it is, but they clearly, they hang out with one another and they're around each other. Right. Um, well, you know, in the midst of the investigation, Green Lantern uh, is approached by what is believed to be Superman or Jonathan Kent and Wonder Woman, and she gets attacked by them. Well, it's not actually them. It's these villains that Charlie was saying that, you know, there is no context of who they are. But clearly these are the villains that took out the new Legion of Doom, so to speak. Um, and they're called the Hyper Clan. They have the ability to shapeshift. Um, they shoot like laser beams and all kinds of crazy shit. Like there's zero context in, into who they are. Are they kind of are they kind are they kind of crazy looking? Yeah, but there are some pretty dope looking ones. And I think like first glance, they're like, oh, they're kind of weird looking. But there's some pretty decent looking characters in it. But they all have they all have the ability to shapeshift though, apparently. But but my thing is is like it's something like very uh Marvel esque. Yes. Right? Like, hey, here's these weird people like uh that, that just have powers that just showed up and uh you know, can can take out our heroes. Um Well apparently okay. they have they've they've fought these guys before though. Because they talk about it in the last panels. They say, you know, when we first came here, we made a mistake. We try to rule in these forms, but the fear, world fears the new. The Justice League revealed us as Martians right away. So this time, we will be the Justice League. And they, they you know, take back their forms of being the Justice League. Right. But, like, so clearly there's context here of, like, the this young, this, this new version of the Justice League has already fought the Hyper Clan. And they've already defeated them, but now the Hyper Clan is back. So, like, we're missing a whole climactic battle that occurred prior to this. <laughs> you know, what I mean? that would probably help us care a little bit about what we're reading about. But, right, like, to me, like, the, just the introduction to them and their name, like the, the Hyper Clan. Like, I just hear it, and I'm like, is are is it, are we? Is this 1997? Um, yeah, it is, is it is very, I hate to say this, the art or the, the character design is very reminiscent of early image. And, uh, you know, obviously we know yeah. who's, we know who's at yeah. the, we know who's at the head of, of DC at the moment being Jim Lee, but it is very, very reminiscent of, of early image. Um, but that does allow us to segue from that which is a decent book to, I think, and I know Charlie said he hasn't read this yet. Um, and I do highly suggest that he does and that you do is the new Wonder Woman. And everybody that I'd talked to for the last two weeks, cause I hadn't got to it when it first came out. I'm like, what do you guys think of future state? Like at the comic shop, talking to like the, to the clerks and some other people that I, I frequent the shop with. And they're like, Oh, you know, I, I think it's pretty decent. But, you know, my favorite book so far has been Wonder Woman. And I was like, wow, really? I'm like, that's interesting. So like, obviously, you know, I went home and I read it and to be honest with you, pretty good um i like the new wonder woman um and she's so you 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 have several people basically trying to take over the mantle of wonder woman or at least two so to speak to this point that have laid claim you have nebula who um is uh, apparently one of wonder woman's like lost sisters um she's the african-american one that dc has kind of really pushed um but then you have the actual Wonder Woman title, and I'm trying to figure out her name. I don't know if they even give you a name for her. Yara. Yara Floor. And um, 
So she is attempting as well to take over the mantle, not to take over the mantle of Wonder Woman, but to save Wonder Woman. She wants to go and rescue Diana from the, the other from the other side. She believes that she's just dead. They think, you know, she's under the impression that Diana did not, you know, necessarily isn't like living in the afterlife, but she's, you know, she's just dead and gone and she needs to fight Hades to bring her back. Um, and that's what kind of the first story is. She takes out this giant like dragon monster in a pretty dope ass battle. Um, she's super witty and has like a ton of like quips, you know what I mean? Like she, she, you know, she, she makes like the Spider-Man style jokes while she's fighting and doing the things that she's doing, which I think adds a layer to a Wonder Woman character that you don't really get. Diana's pretty serious all the time. She ends up catching what looks like a wood nymph, um, in the midst of the battle who ends up taking her into the underworld and like the underworld looks like an airport. Um, they got a giant, you know, hellhound with three heads protecting the air. It's, it's kind of comical, like reading through it a little bit. Um, has a very like Constantine vibe to it. You know what I mean? Like where like it's talking about pretty serious, you know, things like they had this little demon who checks in um, Yara and her friend into the underworld and, you know, Yara's like getting impatient. She ends up ripping the turnstile off, but it's like this little demon. I mean, I'm, I'm, there's no other word to describe it, but adorable. It's an absolutely adorable looking little character and they're all over the place. They're like mopping the floors. They're pushing luggage. Like they're doing, it's just, it's hysterical. Well, she ends up getting to basically the river that you cross over into the afterlife. You pay your, your death token to the Grim Reaper. Sticks. Huh? The river, river sticks. Yeah. And you know, they, they, you know, you pay the Reaper and the Reaper puts you on the boat. The boat takes you across the river and to the afterlife. Well, they get there and, you know, Yara's like, you didn't tell me we had to pay. <laughs> and her friend is like, I told you I'd get you here. I didn't tell you that I was going to get you across the river, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, basically, maybe if you show up to my birthday parties every once in a while, blah, blah, blah. So the girl ends up, you know, taking um, somebody else's death coin, essentially. She, you know, triggers an attack on this guy. He throws his coin up in the air. Yara's able to get a hold of it. Well, now the guy's upset. Well, Yara ends up, you know, beating up the guy and starting this massive brawl on the pier. And she's having a blast. But then her, 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 her buddy's like, you know, basically told her while they were there, keep your head down. Don't make any noise. Like, we're not supposed to be here. Well, in the midst of all that fighting... Here comes the giant hellhounds, and that's where they kind of keep you. They kind of drop you off on the cliffhanger for the next issue. And to be honest with you, I've never been more interested in reading another issue of Wonder Woman than this one. And it was just, it was, it was fun. I guess in 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 a in a, in a DC future state where things aren't very fun, in my opinion, things seem very bleak for all of our favorite heroes in future state. Right? Reading that Wonder Woman. It seemed like she, this, this, you know, incarnation Yara is actually enjoying being the character. You know what I mean? Where like Tim Fox in the, in the next Batman doesn't seem to actually enjoy being Batman. He feels like he needed to be Batman. Same thing with Bruce in Dark Detective. He feels he needs to continue to do what he's accustomed to doing to survive. Jonathan Kent had to take over for Superman um, and so on and so forth. Um, and then we talked a little bit, me and Charlie, about Teen Titans before we got on here. It's, that's a very bleak book. 
you know, you're talking about to the point that Dick Grayson has given up all hope and he's, you know, essentially taking on the mantle of Deathstroke. Um, so the Wonder Woman book is a nice break from the consistency of plague, so to speak, in the DC future state. Um, so if you haven't read it, I know Charlie hasn't read it. Um, I definitely suggest reading it. And it's just that story, which is a, another breath of fresh air in future state that you're not reading a, um, you know, you're not reading a forever book. You know what I mean? I, that's what I'm calling them. And we're going to get into that in a minute here. They're forever books. They fucking take forever to read because you get through the story you wanted to read. And then you're like, now I feel obligated to read the rest of these book, these stories. You know what I mean? Because in other books, sometimes the second or third story has been better than the, the story I actually wanted to read. Um, which leads me into the next Batman. <laughs> um, did you, so you read one and two for that? Yeah. Yeah. I read both issues. So what, so let's, let's go just main story. What do you think so far of Tim Fox's Batman? Uh, well, I think we, we kind of talked on, cause I think we did issue one yeah, already. We did. Uh, but, uh, yeah, still not, uh, still not feeling it. Like again, it's, and especially with this this second issue, you know, him giving me the play by play of everything that he's he's doing, it's like, yeah, no, dude, I'm I'm reading, I'm 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 following you, I'm I can see everything that you're doing. I don't need you to tell me what you're doing. Like, you should be having conversations with these people, not me, as the reader. <laughs> um, it's very fourth wall breaking. Yes. Yeah, like I just. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's because it's not Bruce. I don't know. Like, uh, so uh, let me go with the positive. I enjoy the artwork for for what it is. Um, again, it, that that is important. So um, I liked the art, but uh, yeah, I'm just I'm not feeling him now. The story, the story, like as as we get through everything. Um, that was fine. I like, I, and I, I could get it, you know, and I'm sure you, uh, you know, and, and, and you and I kind of think a lot of, a lot of similar things, uh, when it comes to real world. And, uh, as a parent, like, you know, yep. I, I, I could see myself being in the same situation as the people who, uh, as, as the husband and wife oh, yeah. who killed that guy in the alley. Like they're, Without question, like my, my, my wife and I, you know, my wife makes the joke, you know, like if something were to ever happen, because, you know, your kids, as, as your kids get older, you know, they go, well, what, what if something were to happen to me? And, you know, cause you know, for whatever reason, they just feel, you know, for a moment where they just don't feel safe or whatever. And they ask you that question. It's like, you have nothing to worry about. We've got you. And my wife will always go like, God help anybody who ever does anything yeah. Anybody yeah. in our family, like, and I've made the joke. I'm like, I'm one bad day away from being the Punisher, right? Yeah. Like, it, it is what it is. So, um, but it, I, I could, I could relate. Yeah, and and what Charlie's referring to is so this issue finds because like last issue had no context. You just you had them introducing the the next Batman, him kind of running rooftop to rooftop, stopping crimes. He ends up saving those two kids and sending them to the orphanage so they're not in a masked gang and end up finding themselves on the wrong end of a, a magistrate gun. This issue 
is very similar in the sense that you know he's inter- you know he's he's doing what Batman should do. He he's investigating crimes against the citizens of Gotham. He finds this guy in an alleyway. He's dead. He's freshly dead. He sees that you know um, there's a security camera. He knows he has he's in a time crunch because a drone's going to fly by. He's going to see the body. He's going to call the police, and then it's going to be flooded with you know good guys, so to speak. Um, so he takes it upon himself to break into the business very loudly by using a bomb, not Batman like at all, gets inside, apparently has most of the technology that Batman has. He can make things go boom, but he can't like take a photo with his eyes, you know, with his cow, like, you know, Batman used to be able to do. He's got to pull out his iPhone 11 and take a photo of the bad guys to then send to whoever, whoever is being his Oracle. Um, but because, you know, he's Batman, he actually doesn't have the ability to have like secure lines because why would he have that? So he's got to constantly have like, I guess in his utility belt, he's got like seven different phone holders. So he can, he's just got burner phones. He's like yeah. some crazy, like some like weird dad that has his, uh, his holster, uh, for his cell phone. That dude's got, got you know, that dude's got more burner accounts than, you know any drug dealer in America. He he literally, th- he goes through like three phones in this single issue. But, you know, whatever. They track his phone, gets into a fight with foot soldiers from the magistrate, ends up getting shot. Um, apparently, like I said, he's got all the technology that Batman has minus a handful of things that are actually useful. Um, his suit keeps him compressed to keep him alive. Um, he ends up going after the bad guys. Um, his buddy, because they're wearing AI, uh, AI um, masks, like they, they can't be identified via their facial features, but somehow his body uses their body, their, their walking, you know, style to identify them. That's a new one for me. Um, so he ends up being able to track down the two killers when he tracks them down. It's a husband and wife whose daughter was believed to be abducted by our victim um, after being groomed online, um, the guy's basically a child predator. And like Charlie said, being a father of a young daughter, being involved in law enforcement, I can understand that parents' I, like thought process, especially when they explain, like, we've done everything we can within the law. He's, he, just, he was too good at what he did, and he got away with it. Like, this is the only way we can get justice for our, you know, our daughter. And this is kind of where the book loses me a little bit of Tim Fox being Batman. And he almost is okay with them doing it. You know what I mean? Like he openly admits to them, like, no, I understand. Like, like Batman, like Bruce Wayne, like, yeah, he might understand where you're coming from and agree with you, but he doesn't condone murder. He's not going to, and he's not going to openly admit it to you. He's not, you know, he may help you in the end, like beat your case, essentially. Maybe he proves that this guy did it and helps you either find your daughter's remains or find your daughter. But like, that's where they kind of start to lose me in the Batman connection. And I get Tim Fox isn't going to be Batman. Maybe he's not going to have the same creed that Batman has. Maybe Tim Fox at some point is going to kill somebody himself because he even says, he's like, I'm not going to be able to beat these guys unless I use lethal force. Like, Batman's never even considered the option of lethal force. There was always a way to beat somebody. But we're, we're seeing very quickly in just two issues, in my opinion, that Tim Fox is not Batman. 
He is not adequately trained to be the character. He does not have the tools to be the character. So we're getting a very... Well, it's not even just those two things. He doesn't have the mindset to be Batman. No, he doesn't. It's like he doesn't want to be the character. And like that's the problem I think I'm having the most is like, how am I supposed to buy into a character that hasn't bought in on himself yet? And I get it. It's only two issues in. Like I would have rather had a guy who was confident in being the character or being the hero than a guy who isn't. And he's just not. And it's not that I don't like Tim Fox or I don't like like his purpose. And I get it, like I said, he's gonna be different than Bruce. He's gonna have different driving or motivational factors. But he's just not he's not hitting the stride for me. Maybe it'll come in issue three or four. I don't know. I know we're getting a, an ongoing series after future state with Tim Fox. We are going to go back to Bruce being Batman, but Tim Fox will get like a concurrent series. Maybe I'll can, if they get me by issue four involved in, in, in really like into it, maybe I'll continue to subscribe to it. But if not, I'm just going to go back to the normal stories in March. Cause it just doesn't, doesn't, it's not sitting well with me. Um, but I know it's selling well. My comic shop has said that, that it is like it's bringing people in that are just genuinely interested. He said he's seeing a lot of Marvel subscribers subscribing to future state because it's something new that they feel they can jump into, which will be good for DC in the long term because it's going to bring in more readers. Um, the other two stories that were attached to this, I could give two shits about, which is the exact opposite of the last issue of the next Batman. Um, I'd rather have another Outsiders and Arkham Knights short story in the back than the the siren the siren story was fucking awful. Like way to just feminize. And like I hate this I hate to use that word and sound this way because but I consider Poison Ivy and Catwoman to be absolute badasses. Like you we just watched Catwoman in the last iteration of Batman, the the series, like the comic book, like the last couple arcs, she goes toe-to-toe with everybody to include like Bane and all these other people. And like now she's like going on like a girl's night out and she's doing all this like extra shit. And you're like, what the fuck is this? This is not the Catwoman you guys have been portraying in comics for the last year and a half. This is an awful version of Catwoman. And and, and same thing with, with, with Poison Ivy. Like, She's not about like going to the bars and doing all like they're making these characters over overly feminized for some reason. When in all reality, they're better served being the badass heroines and or villains that they are. Like clearly Poison Ivy and Catwoman are working for a a a good reason in this sirens story. They're trying to take down the the you know, the head of the magistrate, essentially. The guy who runs the company and does all the stuff. But, like, it's just so, like, it was just very, very poorly done, in my opinion. Did you even read the, the back two? No, no, because once it, once the book transitions from the, the actual story, it, like, I kept going with Green Lanterns because of, like, this is, a continu- this is another Green Lantern, so I will keep reading this. Once it goes from the what I'm reading that book for, I'm out. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even wasting my time. And the problem, the problem you also run into is is in Robin Internals, Cassandra. Um, so you have Cass, and then you have um, 
fuck, what's hers? So you have spoiler and you have orphan in 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 Batgirls, the other story, the third story. Um and you know spoiler is um you know obviously in a was at some point in a romantic relationship with Tim Drake's Robin. Um, and obviously spoiler and orphan both put on the bat symbols at the end of, um, the Joker wars and become back girls. Like they, they basically deem themselves back girls again, um, which I had no problem with because they both at one point have been a back girl and back girl stepped back to become Oracle. So it all kind of transitioned pretty fluidly in the book, but we end up finding out that spoilers in like this maximum security prison. An orphan is put herself in the prison. She's like the leader of the resistance of the magistrate, apparently on the outside, because she believes that Batman is inside the prison. They don't know it's not Batman that's inside the prison. That it's actually Barbara Gordon inside the prison that they're trying to rescue. But they know somebody's there that they need. They they believe it to be Batman that they need to rescue, or she needs to rescue. And apparently, spoiler has been doing bad guy shit for months. But she went like deep undercover under like the, the guidance of Dick Grayson and Nightwing because she believed that that was the only way that she was going to be able to rescue Bruce herself or rescue whoever was in here or find out where Barbara Gordon went. There's all kinds of questions that needed to be answered. Well, her and, you know, spoiler, don't like each other because of her, you know, recent turncoat kind of behavior, unbeknownst to spoiler, that it was all just a ruse. But at the end of it, you know, we we find out that it's obviously it's Barbara Gordon that's in the, the prison. She's the, the final splash page. But it's just one of those stories where you're like, why do I care about this? And then on top of that, in Robin Eternals, which I read before I read Dark Detective number two, once again, I need to figure out the reading order. Spoiler is still outside of jail. She's helping Tim Drake's Robin, you know, do Robin shit. And fight the magistrate. So I'm very conf- like, I'm conflicted on Future State in the way it's being published, or like maybe I'm just reading it incorrectly. I don't know. But like one issue, a character is like in jail and has been there for a while, and then another character's story, that person's out and they're fighting bad guys. And like, like where the fuck am I in the timeline? I'm getting so confused jumping from book to book. Like it shouldn't be this this difficult to understand why people are acting or doing what they're doing. Um, and I didn't like the art for either of those either. So that made it really difficult to get into, um, as well. So I'm looking forward to the next issue of the next Batman, because at least I know maybe they'll hook me in on Tim Fox, Batman, but at the very minimum, I'm going to get outsiders in the Arkham Knights short stories in the back, which I enjoyed tremendously in the first issue. Um, but yeah, so I read the Harley Quinn book. I read the Teen Titans book. I read Swamp Thing, um, some of the other books that I've read from Future State. Me and Charlie did the count. There's 19 books out to date. I have read all but six of them. I still have to read Catwoman, uh, Nightwing number one, Shazam number one, Superman Worlds of War, um, Superman Wonder Woman, Kara Zor-El, Superwoman number one, um, and that is it. So I have six books to read um, of, of the 19 that have come out. What is your overall thoughts to this point of future state? This is what we'll wrap up on. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I feel like it's, it's too early to give uh, a fair opinion, right? I can tell you from what I've read, some of it's fine. Some of it is just, yeah, you know, it's just yeah. a waste. And, and we'll come back to, to our word. Context, context is, is huge when you're telling a story. And I know that we're in the future, but I need something. I need something to latch on to to get invested into a story. You jumping in in the middle, it just it doesn't work. And and it's not like a movie, right? In a movie, you 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 know, like uh, you Quentin Tarantino as an example. Quentin Tarantino loves to jump around all over the place in in his movies. But you know you know that going into it, like I'm going to get get a beginning, I'm going to get a middle, I'm going to get an end, and from what they've given us so far, and because we know that this is a condensed uh, event, are we going to get any before or, 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 or what? Because uh, it just, I, I need more. I need more. And, and, and the way that they're doing it, you know, by breaking things up, like we're only putting a little bit in this and then we're going to give you two additional stories. Like, no, no, use the book. Fill it completely with the main story arc. I don't care about these other things. Maybe there's things like, oh, well, maybe we'll get people invested in these other characters. No. If I'm picking up Justice League, I want a whole book on the Justice League. Yeah. I, I, I don't need everything else that, that you're putting in there. So, Or the question becomes, I think, I think the question or the answer to your question is, is how long, uh, sorry, the question to your question is, is how long... If we don't get the before now, how long in Infinite Frontier before some of these books turn into the future state run? You know what I mean? Like we're gonna right. get it, we're gonna get Batman and Detective back in March, where they're gonna finish telling the stories that they were telling prior to death metals and whatnot. But you're gonna get Batman back. We know Detective is really running towards really where Dark Detective and the next Batman are. I can't really say the same for Batman because Batman just introduced uh, Ghostmaker, right? Yeah, and, you know, introduced that whole storyline, so to speak, and they're running with him being an ally of Bruce and, and the Bat family now. But in Detective, we're, we've been introduced to the mayor. We've been introduced to this campaign idea of removing masks with the mirror. So we know Detective is running to the Future State series, so to speak, in some way, shape, or form. We know Bruce is broke in both of them. We know he doesn't have his money anymore. Like... But at what point does Detective turn into Dark Detective slash the next Batman universe? Like, how long are we waiting? Are we waiting another year of issues? Are we waiting another two years, three years, ten years? Like, how long before that that next Batman becomes a thing? You know what I mean? Like, it's a perfect example. Use Quentin Tarantino. I'll use The Walking Dead. At what point did Fear the Walking Dead become The Walking Dead? Because they said Fear the Walking Dead is a prequel, right? And The Walking Dead is obviously 30, you know, 10, 15 years ahead of even the end point of The Walking Dead by the time the Fear of the Walking Dead, I mean, uh, the end point of Fear the Walking Dead before Fear the Walking Dead started. 
So at what point does Fear the Walking Dead cross over into the same time period that The Walking Dead exists? Same thing with this. At what point in time does Detective cross over into the time period that Future State exists or Batman does? Because I think for me, I want to see what's leading to this. Batman and Detective do have done a much better job, I think, connecting Future State next Batman and Dark Detective to their books currently than any of the other books have. Like the Flash book has gotten like so when I thought when I thought Future State Flash, we know we're getting the non-binary, you know, special Flash whatever. You know, they haven't really told you much about it. Just that it was going to be a non-binary character, it doesn't have a gender, doesn't have a a race, whatever. Right? That character's not even introduced in the Flash book at all. It's it's literally the flat. It's Barry Allen and a couple other speedsters fighting Wally West Flash, who has now been infected by some, you know, being that's making him evil and, and corrupting the speed force. And Barry Allen and the rest of the, the speedsters don't have their speed. They don't tell you how that happened. They don't tell you how Wally West got infected. They don't tell you none of that, right? So my question is, is how far into the future are we? Are we 30 years in, into the future in the Flash story that now it's going to take a year's worth of comics to catch us up in the current Flash series once Infinite Frontier starts to get us to that Wally West story that's going to flesh out in the next two or three issues, right? Why do I want to go and back and read a book to get the beginning when you've given me the end? Does that make right. sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because that's what they're doing right now, right? A, a lot. It's not the end, but like, it's giving me a glimpse into the ending of a book you're going to sell me in three months. Right, and it's like, well, at that point, you don't need it. You no. don't need the backstory. Back no. So. And 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 that leads me to I think my my biggest gripe I have about future state or gripes is going to be multiple. I don't like the multiple stories. Because they're doing it to up my cover price. Batman cost me eight bucks this week. Yeah, eight bucks. And if you got the variant covers, they were nine dollars a piece. And I got one subpar story and two below par stories for eight bucks. That pisses me off. As a loyal reader, that pisses me off. Right? If you're gonna if you're gonna charge me eight dollars, it better be. Dude, they they didn't even fucking charge me eight dollars for three jokers. And to me, that's the best Batman book they've put out in a better part of a decade. Like, it's astronomical that I'm paying eight, nine dollars a fucking cover for books. That should never happen. And I get it's an event, and it, you know they're they're going to go back to nor hopefully to normal cover pricings. But they're talking now about making this a regular thing in DC Comics, giving you a shorter, condensed main story, and then giving you two anthropology style stories attached to it. Yeah, no thanks. No thanks. I don't fucking need that. The most enjoyable book reading was the Wonder Woman book because it was just the Wonder Woman story. And it didn't feel like a goddamn graphic novel sitting in my hand. And don't get me wrong, like I'm sure you're going to listen to this and be like, oh, he just doesn't like to read. No, I love the fucking read. I will sit down and, and power through 40 fucking comics in, in like a two-hour, three-hour period of time. Like there's some nights I just, you know, I stay up because I don't go to bed, you know, and I literally, I just pound, I pound through books. And I love it. I love reading comics. I don't like reading shitty comics. 
I don't like being sold a $9 book that's worth fucking less than the $3 cover charge you normally could charge. That is, that is going to be my biggest gripe of future state. We obviously talked about the timeline issues. You're not telling me why I should fucking care at all about any of these stories. Some of them are doing better than others. Some of them are more likable than others. The Wonder Woman book is extremely enjoyable because it literally picks up off the heels of death metal. The same thing could be said with the Dark Knight or the Dark Detective in the, bat, the next Batman. They pick up off the heels of Detective and Batman. All the other fucking books, for the most part, do not pick up off of where we were at at the end of Death Metals or the current runs of books in the, the Rebirth line that is now ending. And like, we, you know, we, we just touched on it. At what point do the current books become these future state books? At what point do you give me the ending in future state to expect me to go back and read the beginning in, in Infinite Frontier. And, you know, I, I thought my biggest gripe before all this was going to be the changing of the characters. But I really don't fucking care as much as I thought I would. I really don't. Because we're still getting enough of the normalcy, like the normal characters that we're used to and accustomed to, that introducing some of the newer characters kind of makes sense for timeline progression and really for generational progression. Like, I'm not saying you need to completely replace Bruce Wayne with a new, new, new Batman. But maybe it's time to start moving on in, in trying to introduce some new characters and some new people into these roles. And, you know, obviously we understand diversification is a hot issue and everybody wants to be as diverse in their clientele, their employees and all the other stuff. Why not the same in comics, but do it naturally? And it seems like they're trying to do that, but they're failing at it. Natural progression would have just been to continue the storylines that you were you were pushing forward out of death metal into infinite frontier. And then at some point do future state at the tail end of infinite frontier, right? Doesn't that seem like the, the, the plausible expectation of how timelines should work. You give me the start, the middle, and then the end, not give me the end and then the start at the end of it. But I mean, I mean, it makes sense to me, but, you know, I use common sense. Yeah, so. it's just, that's my, like I said, that's my, I like, I like a lot of the art. I like a lot of the stories we've gotten to this point. I think some, some stories are better than others. Um, like I said, there's some, some, some secondary stories that are better than the main story, i.e. Green Lantern, i.e. Bat, the next Batman issue number one. Um, but there is a lot of stories that just, Overall, throughout the whole book, they're pretty trash. <laughs> um, and like I said, I think, you know, now that I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this next Batman number two, it, it does. It aggravates me. It aggravates me. I paid eight bucks and then I got two variants. So I invested like 30 bucks into this book and it's fucking not worth the paper it's written on. In my opinion, it's just not. It's a, he's a poor man's excuse for a Batman. And until he can prove that he's actually Batman, then he does nothing for me. Um. But next week, we get another slew of books. Um, I don't think it's anything brand new. I could be wrong. It's, next week is, what, the 26th? Yeah. So we get Aquaman, Batman Superman, Dark Detective number two, uh, Legion of Superheroes, Suicide Squad, and Superman versus Imperious Lex. Um. And then after that, it's just the continuation. There's no new books coming out. So 
the the full future state lineup will be out on January by January 26th, at least the first issues um, for all of the titles. Um, obviously, Dark Detective is on our radar. Batman, Superman will probably be there. Um, same thing with Aquaman because they teased in Justice League that Aquaman's still alive and kicking. Um, him and Mira are just residing over Atlantis, and their daughter is in Amnesty Bay. Um, so, but I think next week we're going to dive into some non-future state books, uh, Mighty Morphin, um, Batman, Catwoman, number two came out this week. Uh, we'll read Rorschach and decide if, if it, it deems any sort of airtime because our last Rorschach coverage was pretty, pretty bleak, um, because it's such a bad book. Um, and then what was the third book? I had a third book. Can't remember, but uh, yeah, and I'm sure there's some independent stuff coming out next week. Uh, I don't have up the current listing. I would assume we're we're due for a Department of Truth um, next week. So if we can get to that, we will. Um, but if you haven't done so already, make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, it's the easiest way to stay up to date on all our current issues and episodes, especially with a sporadic release schedule. Um, we do obviously always put out a post stating when things are live. Um, if you're following us on any of our social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, at DGI Podcast. Um, do you have anything else future state related? Kind, sir. Uh, no, no, we're good. All right, that works for me. That works for you. So uh, just, uh, I guess, send it back over to you. Send us home. All right, man. Go ahead and hit our music. <laughs> <laughs>